temporarily suspended due to oh. non-payment. Oh. It- My line suspended? Oh, that's why y'all can't call. Well, let's fix this. Look. Y'all like, well, what is going on? My line suspended? I thought my bill won due to the 20th. And welcome back to Poor Life Decision. I'm Chris. I'm Doyen, a.k.a. Cynthia from Rugrats. (laughs) So, last week we were Susie. This week we are Cynthia. Wait, let me guess. Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) Are you Cynthia because you're having to pack? (laughs) No. (laughs) I just feel like... Even though she didn't talk, she low-key gave Angelica hell, too, so. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, she looks frazzled. She looks stressed. No. She looks Maybe like she's been through some true. shit. So, that's why I was like, is it true. because you're, like, transitioning? Yeah. You think you're a lot deeper than me today. Oh, but sorry. Probably. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so, what has your day been like? Or what what has your whole week been like? What's been going on? Uh, thanks for asking. Why do you always do stuff when I have a mouthful? <laughs> it's always when I have a mouthful. Um, okay, so then tell us what you're drinking. Okay. You I don't have anything it. you want to share? I just try to pack and move. That's, listen, listen. That's that. <laughs> I'm really proud of you. Like I really am. Like you you've got a good head start. Like I'm really proud of you. I thank you. <laughs> it was really productive today. So I went to a new apartment and took some stuff over and unpacked it. I went oh, to look at you. Stores. I went to IKEA. I have to learn where those like secret doors are, so I have to walk through that whole damn store. I walk through the whole store, and they then I turn doors. Back. Yeah, like to get you through the different areas. I did not know, girl. I cannot. T- well, I don't live near an IKEA, so I can't tell you the last time I've been in one. It's been years, so I don't go enough to you know know all the ins and outs. For the most part, I just went and got what I wanted. They almost got me with this lamp. It was really cute, but I was like, um. I'm just going to sit on it, and if I want it in, like, you know, three months, I'll buy it. But knowing me, I probably will, because I'm resilient in my desires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have so. to go lamp shopping, too. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I did with my life today. <laughs> um, What I'm drinking, um, I found this last week. I think I said it to y'all, but... It is called, I had to look it up because it has a lot of words in the name, but um, Ginger Turmeric Tonic Cocktail Recipe. And Ooh, they that call is a it, lot. It's vitamin packed, anti inflammatory, and it's a health forward cocktail, which I love. And it's okay. funny though, like in the stuff they're like, and on the weekends you can add some tequila. I'm like, girl, we added tequila no matter what day it is. <laughs> no matter what. Nobody's <laughs> drinking all that pay. without tequila. <laughs> It's actually pretty good. Like, I don't have, like, a juicer, so I had to just blend it and add a lot of water and sieve it. And it's pretty good by itself, but it's better with tequila. 
Mm. <laughs> I might. And now, okay, what are the ingredients again? Um, ginger, turmeric, um, sparkling water, a little cayenne, which is optional, agave, and then tequila, if you want. Okay. I might try so it's that. like a spritz. Yeah, it's pretty good. I might try that. I have a juicer. Um, oh, a lemon. I haven't used it in forever. That might be a good reason to break it out to get some good ginger juice. I would I say I went to like the Indian uh, grocery store to find the mm-hmm. turmeric. It's not like everywhere. So I don't know mm-hmm. where you go find that. <laughs> like fresh turmeric. I'll but, find it. <laughs> okay. I'm excited now. A new drink to try. Hmm. It's pretty good. It's refreshing. <laughs> Okay. And tequila. That is the most important part. You know, I'm not a huge tequila <laughs> drinker. I'm, I'm not a huge tequila drinker. Um, yeah. It's funny because in college, you know, tequila happened and I didn't drink tequila for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one of my line sisters here drinks tequila. And so I just started drinking with her and back on tequila. Kind of like gin. And Becca, like, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't drinking gin for a very long time. And yeah. then she was. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'm, you know, I'm easily influenced, I guess. I am too, because she definitely put me on to gin. And <laughs> same thing happened with me. Tequila happened in college. And I just kind of said, mm. oh, no. <laughs> After yeah. that, I never picked it back up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, my weekend has been busy, 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 busy. We, Yay. um... I think I mentioned this the other week. Not sure if I did or not, but uh, my granny turned 80. So we celebrated her birthday this this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. She, well, first of all, her birthday falls September the 30th. That's what we've always celebrated, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, then... <laughs> After my, I don't know why this happened after my great-grandmother passed, which was her mother, but after she passed, somehow, I guess they were, like, cleaning out the house and found, like, old records. But come to find out, her birthday is really October the 1st. So, (laughs) Granny decides that she celebrates both days. She claims both months. At our church, at the beginning of each month, they do, like, a little happy birthday thing for everybody. Granny participates in both (laughs) and i was like you have to because i didn't expect her to participate this past sunday i was like what are you what and after church i was like you have to pick a month and she says when you 80 you ain't got to pick nothing and i shut my mouth (laughs) i shut my mouth so if she wants to celebrate a whole quarter she can celebrate a whole quarter yes definitely (laughs) so she also um I'm, i'm gonna i'm gonna post a picture of um of her in our group chat for y'all because um she told me to take a picture of her picture that she took with the pastor and her words mm-hmm. exactly uh show this to your friends and let them know I'm 80 so <laughs> she, she is proud of herself and she wants y'all to know she's 80 so I did a lot of cooking this weekend and on top of the cooking my mom text me first granny calls me to tell me um 
because normally when we have our family dinners, of course, she does the bulk of the cooking. But she calls to tell me, I'm just letting you know, I don't want no broccoli. I don't want no cauliflower. I don't want no them long things, them asparagus. I don't want none of you and your mama kind of vegetables. I was mm-hmm. like, shady. She is so shady. I aligned with grandma. First of all, <laughs> we were not going to cook anything like that for her anyway. So it was like, okay. So I called my uncle's wife. I was like, hey, can you do the greens and the peas? Because <laughs> that's what granny wants and I can't cook that. But anyway, on top of cooking, my mom calls me and goes, oh, and can you fix the potato salad? I'm like, okay. But y'all, I have never made potato salad before. Now, you know black people and potato salad. So I was like, why would she ask me to make the potato salad? And I've never made potato salad before. So (laughs) I reached out to a few of my friends who I know cook, cook. Like I can cook, but I've got friends who like cook, cook, including uh, friends of the show, Robin and Sean, Mm -hmm. both of them. And I had a couple other friends I reached out to. And I basically just took what I liked from each of those recipes and made it happen. And it was a success. Everyone loved my potato salad. If I had not previously set me some aside, I wouldn't have even had any extra because it was gone. The bowl was (laughs) clean. So (laughs) now I truly feel like I have stepped into my auntie role because I'm the auntie with the potato salad. (laughs) So I feel like a true auntie now. I just learned how to make red beans and rice. And it's only been one time, so we can try the rest. Well, we could try again, <laughs> and it might be different. <laughs> if I yeah. say, I can't even say recipe because Becca was just like, here's what you put in it. Have fun. <laughs> yeah, see, that's how a cooking person, because when I was talking to Shonda and Robin, they were like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, just a little this, a little that, and a little this. And I'm like, okay, but how much? <laughs> when? Mm-hmm where like <laughs> I need instructions but I mean oh that reminds me so there's they were showing some machine like cooking in a restaurant and one of mm-hmm. my twitter friends was like you know it ain't go good be good cause they can't even taste it and I'm like this is the country's tweet I <laughs> the country's blackest true. tweet I ever saw you I mean, gotta it's, true, t- but... it's true you gotta taste it to know what needs to be added <laughs> <laughs> it's also not going to be good because it's not going to be cooked with love True. <laughs> so tonight I am drinking um, I think I've had this drink on the show before just a gin gimlet um, I was supposed to go to the grocery store today and I didn't so I had to make do with what was in the house and just gin, a little lime juice a little simple syrup my refrigerator is apparently too cold because my simple syrup was almost like congealed like I was panicking because I waited to the last minute to fix my drink and I was like I was gonna run it under some warm water which helped and I was able to get wait my are you supposed to, work. to refrigerate simple syrup <laughs> oh <laughs> wait no like the simple syrup I make I refrigerated but the one that I bought didn't no, say refrigerate this is the kind you buy. I didn't make it. I bought it. It didn't say refrigerator on the bottle, so I didn't put it in there. It's fine. <laughs> I put the... I don't... I don't read. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take it out of the refrigerator. 
I'm gonna take it out. We just put it in the pantry. So I just put it in the pantry. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> I don't. I don't know which one of us is truly right. I just don't. <laughs> I mean, but, it probably doesn't belong in the refrigerator because it was almost congealed. <laughs> like I had to, <laughs> I had to run it under super hot water and I had to like shake it vigorously. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, I'm going. I'm going to put it in the pantry. <laughs> Learn something new every day. <laughs> So how did um, the end of succession go? Oh, oh God, yeah. Let me tell you. I'm just gonna say these touch these top notes. I love Shiv, and I felt bad for her. Tom found a way to make me feel bad for him, but Shonda, Shonda and I were talking about it, and she summed him up so perfectly. And it's like he made me feel bad for him, but at the same time, I was like, you could have always manned up and been a man, like. You could have from the very jump. I'm a man. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see his new outfit? Did I see what? I didn't Uh, Deliverance new outfit. Listen, don't think I didn't (laughs) screenshot it and I'm not waiting on the perfect opportunity to send it to (laughs) y'all. I was like, and then at the bottom, he was like, where my women's at? I was like, women's? Nowhere. He looked like he stepped out of Superfly. Anyway, 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 anyway. (laughs) Sorry. Back to succession. (laughs) Um, I love Roman every day. I have always loved Roman. I just want to put him in my pocket. And now everyone sees why I love Roman and why I never doubted him. He's got what it takes. I don't think he's going to do it. I don't think... I don't think his father is going to choose him, but he's got what it takes. Or maybe he will choose him because I think his father sees that he has what it takes to be the next leader. And all I'm going to end my little synopsis with Kendall, and I'm just going to say, I think we all knew Kendall had it in him. I personally thought that it had been beaten out of him, but I... I wasn't surprised, but I was surprised. I wasn't surprised. I think we all knew Kendall had that in him. But I was surprised because I really thought they had just beat him into submission. And I thought that he was not going to... If his dad had not told him he wasn't a killer, I think that he would have gone on and done what he was supposed to do and taken the fall for everyone. Dwayne, I know you're lost on all that, but just know that it was great. It was great. I also <laughs> finished The Politician, um, which was great. Great. I recommend it to everyone. Uh, the next to the last episode was kind of like, eh. But then that last episode made up for it. So The Politician was really good. And once again, never can have too much Jessica Lang on my TV. Just can't have enough. And my last TV insight, American Horror Story. Listen, Ryan Murphy said he was tired of y'all shitting on him all these past couple seasons. And he said he's not playing this season. And y'all, it is really scary this season. Like, I... Like, it's almost too scary for me to watch. Like, I kind of... <laughs> like, it's like... I It's like that season with, um... With, uh... The, the, uh... Crap. Oh! The voodoo season. I had to, like, turn the lights on when I would watch with that one. I ended up having to turn the lights on because it was just too much. And it's gory. I mean, it is... 
Ryan Murphy said, quit playing on his name. That's all I got to say. What you been watching? Um, <laughs> so my bedroom packing show is Shit's Creek. Uh-huh. Um, and then in my outer room, I kind of range between a few things that nobody watches. <laughs> but what is it? I stuff like Veronica Mars, um, Working Moms. Oh my god, that mom's lip on Working Moms is so just disturbing to watch. It's so bad. Have you seen that show? No, I know what you're talking about though. I've seen commercials, but I've never seen the show. Yeah, I just like I'll be like watching the show and I can't stop looking at her lip because it's like it's thin up top, but then it bulges on the side of her two front two teeth. It's really weird, but. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, the show's kind of funny. It's a little weird, but, you know. But the guy, the lead actor in The Politician, his lips kind of do that. Like, his bottom lip is very full, and it kind of folds down. But his top Ugh. lip, it's like almost non-existent. Like, it doesn't exist at all. It, it's kind of weird, too. Lips. I don't like <laughs> the symmetry on lips. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to move along to the current events. So, uh, you know, once, like, October 1st starts, it's my time of the year for the last quarter of the year. So, um, we've been getting, you know, some news about new holiday movies, and I am beyond excited. Uh, my, <laughs> my unwoke friends are like, eh, we don't want to watch own Christmas movies, but we're gonna watch own Christmas movies. Ooh, <laughs> I'm just letting ooh, you know that. Now. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> so they're gonna drop. Uh, Oprah Winfrey is her network is dropping um, three Christmas movies on consecutive Fridays. <laughs> I fixed it <laughs> <laughs> in November. I know you weren't excited, but thank you. What <laughs> <One> is called? <laughs> One Fine Christmas, one's called Carol's Christmas, the last one's called Baking Christmas. Um, One Fine Christmas has Rick Fox and his daughter, Sasha Fox, in their first time acting together, which I'm so excited with. And then, you know, but, well, Vanessa Williams, not Sasha's mom, Vanessa Williams, is going to be in it as well. <laughs> uh, I'm really excited about Carol's Christmas that has Jack A in it. <laughs> And you know, making Christmas as people, but but I'm well, most excited Do- about the first two. Doya's gonna make me watch these, and it's fine. It's fine. It's not that I'm not like. I love when our faves like get jobs and keep working, so that's always a plus. But Christmas, I just like to do traditional Christmas movies. I'm sorry, I just I'm stuck in that loop. If it ain't claymation, if it ain't, it's a wonderful life. I, I just like the traditional Christmas movies. But I'm going to give these a chance because Doyen's going to make me. And mm-hmm. Rick Fox is fine. And I will take mm-hmm. any opportunity to see him. So <laughs> it'll be all good. I was watching this episode of Blackish. You watch Blackish. Can I tell the storyline? Mm-hmm. I'm okay. behind, but you can tell it. All right, so the dad, I forgot what his name is on the show. 
he has type 2 diabetes and so he's like trying to be in denial and be like oh I'm just gonna eat some cinnamon it's gonna go away so he has a dream <laughs> that he dies and um his wife marries Rick Fox and so like oh. the kids love the kids love him more she loves him more I mean he's Rick so Fox like, well, yeah, it's Rick Fox, <laughs> it's Rick Fox. <laughs> he's not wrong <laughs> he better take his blood sugar <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Shoot. But, oh. Yeah. So I'm excited about Chris. I don't know. Like, I like, I mean, the classics are cool, but I love being like, it's just some ratchet storylines. Like, especially like white women who like kidnap a guy for like <laughs> Christmas and then they fall in love. That is my shit. Like, <laughs> kidnapping. <laughs> it's like at the. <laughs> Top of my favorite Christmas storyline. <laughs> Kidnapping. <laughs> yes. Got it. I, I have some weird Christmas kinks. It's okay. <laughs> I finally watched A Wonderful World last year and then I watched It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, that one. Okay. And then I watched Last Mary Year Poppins was your first year? Yes. And oh. I was like, fuck banks. <laughs> like what the hell is wrong with bankers? <laughs> But I'm back on the pro bank realm now. Anyways, so I'm super excited. Y'all check it out. It's going to be November 15th, 22nd, and 29th on OWN. We don't have cable, so we're going to have to figure out how we're going to watch it. I have cable. I thought you said you are canceling your cable. I I canceled my DirecTV, and now I just have regular cable. But I do still have OWN, so we got it. We got it. Perfect. We'll be good. We'll, we'll take We'll take care of it off the air. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, Next up, um, Rihanna continues to give us every single thing we we haven't asked for but the damn album. And what makes me mad about this book is this book is concert ticket money. (laughs) It's like $112. I'm like, Rihanna... (laughs) Do you That's the to... basic one. <laughs> Did you see the top line one? Mm-mm. The top <laughs> of the line one is five thousand five hundred dollars. Is Rihanna in the book? Like, do I <laughs> open the book and she pop out? Like, does she send some hair so we can clone her and then get our album? I don't know. I don't uh, know. I mean, it's nice. I don't know who's gonna buy it, but it's nice. Apparently, there's a picture of the Carters in it. I learned that from one of the Beyonce staying accounts. But I'm just like, girl, if you don't... <laughs> I'm about to take off my shoe and just, like, chuck it in Rihanna's general direction. <laughs> um, like, I was trying to my look... Album. <laughs> I was trying to look it up to see, like, what all was in that one. Um, The Ultra that... Luxury Supreme? Yeah. Um, it but... has a signature. It's also sold out, so there's that. <laughs> the Luxury Supreme. This there's is the one pedestal. that I saw. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is the one. The Luxury Supreme is the one that is five thousand five hundred dollars. It is not sold out. <laughs> but the one right above it is sold out. And I don't I didn't see a price on that one, but I'm sure it's let me let me go back. Um I mean, I don't see a price for this one, but I'm sure it is 
close to the same thing. I mean, I'm sure it's not that far below, but all of them are sold out except for that top-notch one. Wait, and I read like, your four pages. Who does she think she is? J.K. Rowling? <laughs> <laughs> there's one for so long? <laughs> there's one for one seventy five. Um, but you know, I will. <laughs> I will get one when 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 they go on. What's the name of that website? <laughs> Amazon? I forgot that. <laughs> no, it's not Amazon. It's the place where I bought my last Harry Potter book from. Um, I don't know, but they 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 sell really really slightly used books. <laughs> Just slightly. They're in really great shape. Rihanna, sis, I'm mad. I'm mad, and I'm okay. I'm mad because I can't afford it. I'm not mad that she's done it because, girl, get all yeah. the coins you can. Like, we we know that you went through a situation where someone stole all your money from you, you got that money back, and now, you know, you're just reaping what you sowed. You're, you're reaping the benefits of your hard work. And please, by mm-hmm. all means, but we just want an album. True. And it's we just, just like... want a dirty wine. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's just like, you know, I understand with your fashion, you wanted to cater to luxury. But, like, truth be told, like, you could have sold these for $50 and got way more people to buy it and made way more money. How much was the basic book that Rihanna, not Rihanna, that Beyonce did? Like, from Lemonade. I think it was from Lemonade. How much was the basic one from lemonade it, I couldn't 50. afford it was it <laughs> I was feel it like 50? it wasn't that I don't remember okay if it's just 50 I'll go back and buy it <laughs> I probably was looking at one that was all souped up right I don't know I'd be making up shit but anyways <laughs> um Brianna read us our damn album <laughs> I'm tired of telling you this <laughs> But I just know, feel like thirty first is coming, right? And I feel like every time we ask, she's like, "Push the date back, girl." You know she's laughing about it. Oh no, I'm surprised. Like rolling up pages of her book, smoking weed, laughing at us. I'm surprised she hasn't pulled a Beyonce and gotten like a "Where's the album" shirt or something. But I would buy you know? it because I need that damn I, I would buy it <laughs> as long as it was better designed than Beyonce. Anyways, <laughs> um, so this next one is kind of not really a pop culture thing. It's just a thing I wanted to talk about as women of a certain age. Beyonce, um, Beyonce, sorry, <laughs> wrong, <laughs> wrong saint in my life. Uh, <laughs> Oprah. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about her aha moment when she realized she didn't really want marriage or kids. Um, you know, they've talked about it in the past where like Simon proposed to her. And she got this whole ass shaker over here, y'all. What? <laughs> I, like, Chris just be doing shit like I don't see her. <laughs> Listen. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. <laughs> Listen, I, had, I had to be prepared. 
This is funny. Anyways, <laughs> let's talk about. Um, she realized that like she didn't feel like she had the desire to have like the responsibility and sacrifice that actually requires to be a mother. Um, and then same thing with like being a wife. She said that she felt like if they had gotten married, Stedman would have had like different expectations for their relationship and um that wouldn't have worked out. And so I, it's just interesting to me thinking of like again as women of a certain age. Sometimes I do sit back and I'm like, Do I really want kids or is that just something I've been told my whole life? <laughs> yeah. Do I really want to be pregnant? Because I don't. <laughs> like, <laughs> like eventually maybe I will, but I'm still right now like and then I think the older I get, the more comfortable I am not having kids or anything to worry about. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, there, there were a few things, like the way she worded it, I wasn't like excited about. But I think the point is, women get to, we get to choose our own life. And she's like, she didn't have any regrets. This is the life right. that she chose and it worked for her. And you ha- and society has to get to a place where you stop putting it on women to that you have to be a wife, you have to be a mother. And Oprah's mm-hmm. like, no, I got goals. I got, I got shit to do. I have things to do that don't require being some man's wife. Like, that's not mm-hmm. the top of my list. And so, like, I enjoy, I enjoy when women, like, you know, I, I enjoy when someone who has more success than I do steps forward and says that and makes it clear because you know when I say it people just kind of look at me and I'm the type of person like you know I do want children I do want all those things but that's not the top of my list and if it doesn't happen it just doesn't happen I hate when pe- when I meet people and the first thing they ask me or they're like you ain't got no kids or you ain't married and things like that and it's like Bitch, I had three degrees before I was 30. Like, I am accomplished, okay? Three degrees. Before I was 30, okay? Before 30. I have moved further and faster in my career than any of my peers. I really want you to sit back and and revel in this accomplishment. Play that organ. Play that organ. Wait, wait, wait. I can't even find it. That wasn't the one I meant to play, but still. I don't know, but we're going to go with that. Just yes. know. Just know. <laughs> I got some accomplishments over here. Like, right. I mean, I that doesn't mean I don't want those things, but those things are not at the top of my list. It's right. Just, and, and it's okay if it is at the top of your list, but don't put that on me. That's all I'm saying. You make your choices, and I'm going to make mine. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> well, it is very much on my list. I think at the end of the day, I realize that there's certain things that I control, and I can do that and worry exactly. about that. Exactly. While other things where somebody unfortunately controls, exactly. that's what's gonna happen when it happens. But exactly. Um, yeah, I was just kind of. I did want to speak to it just because we are that age when like. You know, a lot of women are thinking about things, and I think it's good to sit back and think, like, is this something <laughs> I want, or was this something that I was taught to want? Right. 
Alright. But I will not lie. I would rather be a millionaire. <laughs> like Oprah. <laughs> I mean, full moment of disclosure. You know how when we were like growing up, and you know how girls would like plan their weddings and things like that? I don't know if your friends ever did that, but my friends did. Like in elementary school even. Like would write out like the whole wedding. <laughs> Me. <laughs> I'm that you doing? <laughs> Listen, I never cared about that. I always wanted to be a mom. I always wanted to be a mother. And I mean, I I guess I can have a man. <laughs> it was like, like I always was like, I mean, I guess a man comes with that, so sure. But right. I was never really that concerned about the wedding part. I was just always wanting the kids. And so that is something that I did want and I still do want. But like you said, there are things that I have control over and I'm going to focus on those things that I have control over. Like you said, at the end of the day, I'd much rather be a millionaire. <laughs> True. Multi. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I think especially now that I think about things and especially mortality rates, I'm like, listen, pregnancy is just going to have to sink up on me because we ain't played it for shit. <laughs> it, it sounds so scary. And I, I think like <laughs> kind of like Doyen said, I always wanted babies, but I don't think I ever wanted to be pregnant. Mm-hmm. If I could skip that, <laughs> like if I could get me, if I had the money, I would totally do surrogacy. If I had the money, where it was like my egg and my partner's sperm, so that the the child, I want the child to be genetically like me, if possible. Mm-hmm. You know, if mm-hmm. that's not possible, then it's not. But if possible, I would like that. But yeah, like I, mm-mm. if Pregnancy I could, scary and it sounds painful. If I could adopt a five-year-old. <laughs> Girl, five. Now, come on, Doy. <laughs> I would skip all of that little time. <laughs> you got to get... At least start at one. At least start at one. Because <laughs> I hate two and three-year-olds. <laughs> Doya don't want to do no potty training. <laughs> she don't want to deal with no teething. <laughs> I just don't want to deal with little kids' attitude. Because, you know... <laughs> to be repossessed. That was definitely scriptina font on there. <laughs> <laughs> a 
know also, how I feel about that. <laughs> this is not the first time her van has gotten repossessed. I just want to point that out. The article did not mention it, but it's not the first time. So that, that van script, looks that like that scriptina came... font has been offending for years. That van looks like it came from like two thousand and one. How has she not paid it yet? <laughs> how? <laughs> what? <laughs> how has she not paid it off yet? <laughs> Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I tried to make it better. I don't know. <laughs> that van is old as hell. Why? <laughs> and I'm Anyways. talking about, it was years ago. The last Maybe time she just got like a title loan on it. Maybe. Wait. Then, <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is slick shady. <laughs> I'm just saying, Kaya that van is old as hell. <laughs> That Kaya, the inventor of my neck, my back, <laughs> gotta get a title loan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo! I don't know what she's spending on because it wasn't her phone bill. Apart from my neck, my back. What else? What other hits she got? Listen, she did. Apart from Kane Wayne with it. Kane Wayne with it. Jealous Girls <laughs> was my shit, okay? Jealous Girls was my shit. That first album was just all danceable. Yes. But then, since then. I mean, she did that version of Santa Baby. <laughs> some, 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 some. She changed the word. She didn't do the. Santa Baby. He takes care of my words. She's currently working on her fifth album, Love Lux, which is scheduled to debut in a couple months. Five! Yeah, Slider. <laughs> Slider so she had Gangstress in 2004. Nasty. I only know this because this was at the end of the article. Nasty Music, Motor Mouth. You she gonna respect released- me, R E S P. <laughs> you don't remember that you don't remember that clip I'ma send it to you I'ma send it to you she went on a show for up and coming rappers as if she didn't already have a career and they were supposed to do a freestyle and she got up there and was like you gonna respect me R-E-S-P-E respect me R-E-S-P-E respect me you, you didn't see that I'ma send it to you. I'm gonna have to find that clip I don't feel and like send I it need to, to you. see that. Oh, anyways, oh. y'all yeah, just uh, give her some money, pay her pussy bill. Oh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> did you see on Twitter when her phone got cut off? Mm-hmm. That shit was so and she funny. She got dragged the fuck out, and she tried to play it off, and she was like. <laughs> I thought my bill was too. Let me take care of it. And then she just started talking about something else and just started playing music like, bitch. But you must give up the fact that. First of all, listen. I just, listen. I'm at the point in my life where like nobody in my life needs to have their phone cut off. Like, listen. <laughs> I am the queen of last minute. Okay, I really am. I try now. I try to do better with my. Most of my bills are on auto draft anyway, so I don't have to think about it. But. And I'm tired of getting all them fucking alerts when they get their money. Anyway, 
we've all went through times in our life. Well, I went through a time in my life where, you know, shit, my phone may have gotten cut off. But I would do things like check. <laughs> so I don't understand <laughs> if you know you had paid your phone bill, why wouldn't you check before you do this live and on air? That's what I don't understand. But can't you do it on Wi-Fi? Girl, well, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> wife, she might not have no Wi-Fi. I don't know. <laughs> well, this was a caller. This was a caller. Like, the callers were supposed to be calling in. So she was trying to figure out why no one was calling in. And that's what she saw. And she's like, oh, y'all can't call in. Oh, that's why y'all ain't calling in. She was like, oh, my service. My service interrupted. Like, she was surprised. Have you paid the bill or not? Like, don't, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, if it were me, I just would have, I just would have closed my laptop real fast. <laughs> I just would have closed my laptop real fast. <laughs> and went on with life. But she tried, and she, then she gonna start to, oh, y'all, I'm excited about the website. Pitch, your phone is disconnected. <laughs> and we heard it. We heard the operator come on and say, your service has been disrupted for non-payment. We heard it. That's all I'm saying. That makes me so tired. Anyways. We're just going to move on. (laughs) To um, the GOAT. (laughs) So Simone Biles is now the World Championship's most decorated gymnast. With a 25 career world championship medal. The most among men and women. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Simone is everything. She's everything. everything. Just all that and a bag of chips. Some blogger had a clip of her boyfriend um, watching her perform and watching, and it was during her floor exercise. And he was so excited, and he was so happy for her. And I'm like, you know what? Simone deserves that. She deserves all the things. She deserves the amazing supportive boyfriend. She deserves all the medals. And what do you do when you break all the records? You start breaking your own records. Like, she is just amazing. Mm -hmm. She's amazing. Speaking of black people breaking records, I forgot what the guy's name was, but he basically ran a marathon, which is 26 miles in less than two hours. <laughs> I saw that. But they won't give him, like, the official, like, Guinness World record because he ran it by himself. But I was like, What difference miles. does that make? It wasn't, like, a true marathon. It was just by himself. Man, if I, I, like, if I run those number of miles, that's a fucking marathon. Give me my shit. <laughs> like, for real. Give me my shit. Speaking of, okay, so I've never, ever wanted to run ever in life, but I found a 5K that is so on brand for me that I'm going to try to do it. So it's called a Pumpkin Spice 5K. <laughs> so now me, who does not walk anywhere, has to like figure out how to run in a month. <laughs> have you tried doing, um, have you tried doing couch to 5K? I'm going to start it once I move. I just, I can't wrap my mind around anything else but when i i i have run a 5k and when i started that's what i did was i used that um program that couch to 5k 
and mm-hmm. it it really it it graduates you there in a way that I think you'll be ready in a month. Yeah, yeah, it's November twenty third, so it should be fine. But yeah, right. <laughs> it's so on brand for me that I have to do it. <laughs> Pumpkin spice had to be involved. <laughs> Pretty much. Okay. Uh, next up. Okay. So I understand what this article is saying, but it was such written in such an annoying, vicey way. <laughs> I know, right? But basically, um, Ellen and George Bush were seen at some events. And, you know, I don't know if people have noticed, but we're still mad at George W. Bush <laughs> for all the bullshit that he's done. Right. And so a lot of people were upset at Ellen because they're like, he definitely wasn't here for LGBT rights. Um, you know, he started unnecessary wars, ruined the economy. You are usually supposed to be like a forward progressive person and then you're hanging out with him. Yeah. <laughs> and so Vice was like, well, they're rich and <laughs> rich people like hanging out with other rich people. And Ellen didn't really do a great job of explaining. She did a horrible job. <laughs> she literally could have said nothing, and this would have been a lot better. Right. But yeah, so like, especially as one of the top lesbian women in you know, media is like, girl, what are you doing? And then she did a horrible job of explaining. And then... Vice was like, well, rich people like hanging out with rich people. <laughs> I'm like, go, go over there, sit down. <laughs> I mean, we've seen, we've seen this before with Ellen. She did the same mm-hmm. thing with Kevin Hart and like, I don't know. She assumes this, I don't know. And I want to like Ellen. I really do. But that kind of shit is just like, girl, shut up. I don't, like shut up! I don't think she, I just don't think she's that woke. Like we think she's right. woke because she's a lesbian, but I don't right. think she is. <laughs> I don't think she is either. I think she is. I do think she's kind, and I think sometimes mm-hmm. it's easy to mistake someone who wants to do the right thing by others to mistake them for being woke. And I think she's yeah. kind. I think she wants to do the right thing, but f- first of all. If she had said nothing, I probably wouldn't have thought anything of it because right. I naturally assume that rich people hang out together and that they, right. I mean, it literally could have been a situation where they just ended up at the same place at the same time and she was just being nice. I mean, mm-hmm. Michelle is nice to him all the time. I, right. I don't think there's anything wrong with being nice, but which they looked like they were being more than nice. They were obviously having a good kiki, but whatever. She tried to, just because I disagree, you know what? No, I don't have to agree with everything my friends agree with. But when it comes down to things like, I don't know, human rights? <laughs> yeah. <Right. laughs> like that, that's a big disagree, homie. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I don't know. Ellen's just Absolutely. doing her Ellen thing. Yeah. It's just, at the end of the day, she's a white woman and she doesn't have to deal with right she doesn't have to deal with as many issues as other marginalized people even if if she is a lesbian she still doesn't have to deal with as many issues so 
Alas. Um, finally. <laughs> um, I remember hearing about this election before the election started, and I just mentally disappointed myself <laughs> to make sure that, like, it wouldn't, you know, like, I wouldn't be disappointed later. I mean, so that's I was what really excited to, to hear. <laughs> um, basically, Montgomery, which is 60% black, um, elected their first black mayor ever. Um, and of course, you know, a lot of people, especially a lot of people outside of the, the deep south, <laughs> or like, oh, well, it's, you know, known for racism. And I'm like, yes. But there's a lot of us that live there still. <laughs> you know, and we we live that life that y'all don't know anything about. So I was really excited to see that um, uh, probate judge Stephen Reed won uh, the mayoral election. And he's the next yes. mayor of Montgomery. That was exciting. That was exciting to see because... Um, one thing that people who don't live here don't understand or don't quite grasp is, and this plays out in, you know, our national elections as well. It doesn't matter if a city is majority black. Mm. It's not, and it's not necessarily an issue of black people not voting because we do. And I really want to move away from that narrative that we don't because we do but there are typically so many things in place that negates mm-hmm. that and at the very top of those things it's just good old-fashioned corruption and so mm-hmm. i'm just i think i was just so sh- i wasn't shocked that he could garner the votes i'm shocked that they let mm-hmm. it happen because we all That's know like georgia and stacy abrams i was so <laughs> shocked i was so shocked I was so shocked that oh you said Stacey Abrams but my brain <laughs> my brain to uh Keisha Lance Bottoms the uh mayor in Atlanta um but I was shocked when she won but with Stacey Abrams and I was about to mention the guy in Florida because we know that both of them they could have done it that I I just feel like there was a lot of corruption that went on mm-hmm. with them and why they did not win mm-hmm. Stacey Abrams had the fucking votes. You can't tell me otherwise. You just can't tell right. me otherwise. And it so, was I was crazy voter suppression, right, <laughs> Georgia? So I was just really surprised and pleasantly surprised that he won yeah. and happy that he won. And you know, a change is gonna come. I'm excited. Very now, Doug Jones. I don't know if he's gonna win again. <laughs> Which he's basically a Republican and I was about to say, but he just kind of he wore the mask of what he felt he needed to wear wear to win, and Mm -hmm. it is what it is. He's a Dino Democrat in name only. Ooh, I've never heard of Dino. I never heard of that. It's because today in the radio, somebody was talking about a rhino, and I just switched the letters out. Listen at you. (laughs) But congratulations to future Mayor Reed. We're very excited. Um, I know it's some angry old white men rolling rolling around in their grave down there. All over, but specifically down there. Yeah, I bet the spirits that are trapped in those Confederate statues are just like, 
I just want to be specific, not just in their graves and their caskets in hell. They're rolling in, in hell. In hell. <laughs> in hell. <laughs> they were like, damn, I didn't think hell could get worse. <laughs> yes. Thirsty. Anyways, uh, this next, speaking of rolling in hell, uh, okay. keep at my damn nerves. Oh, my <laughs> damn nerves. Anytime we win just a little bit, just a little bit. People come with all of their complaints and their opinions, and it's so annoying. I remember, um, I don't think it was in this article, but somebody was talking about how, like, because apparently he's going to have a place, a shelter for, like, you know, LGBT youth and stuff like that. They were thrown out of their house, and people are like, well, you just show the address, so how safe is it? And I'm just like, it's not like they're in danger. It's they not just a got safe thrown out house. Of their house. <laughs> My that, God, you know, when there's protection, they just people just don't have anywhere to, to live. People just want to be angry over something, and it's just like, yeah. Why can't we? Se- I say this so many times. Why can't we hold more than one thought? You don't have to like everything that Tyler Perry does. I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. Right. But when this when what this man has accomplished, what he has done, that is fucking, I don't even have the word to describe it. Like, I don't have the word to describe it. And people, one of the, one of the, uh, um, stupid tweets (laughs) was saying the goal, (laughs) (laughs) the goal isn't for a few blacks to make it into upper class society. The goal is economic stability and liberation for all. He's making shit more accessible. So you don't have to try to get through the old white men gatekeepers of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. You can come to Tyler Perry and get your shit done if it's quality. Don't come to no bullshit. Right. But what I'm saying is he's making it more he's giving people opportunities. People just want to be mad about something. They just want to be something. mad about something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, so even the whole thing about like the dean talk about doing things at the expense of black women, uh, he did things at the expense of all of us. <laughs> black okay. women and black men. <laughs> and and he's, they, not, like, he's not the first to right. dress as a woman and become successful off of that, and he won't be the last. All these little com- male comedians, all they do is dress up as women. <laughs> and, and that is an issue in and of itself. But we right. can talk about that at a different time. Everything right. has a time and a place. And right, right. now, because what you can't say is that he don't hire black actors. You can't say right. that. Because mm-hmm. when last time you seen Robin Givens before Tyler Perry started making TV shows? <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. I didn't, even know, I didn't even know where she was. Somewhere living off of leftover Mike Tyson money. When last time you had seen her? Oh, that's uh, all I'm saying. He no, brought no, back all of our old faves and gave them jobs. You can't be mad yeah. at that. You just can't. Well, who she, who he needs to bring back is my boo, Ruben Stuttered. <laughs> Ruben Stuttered comes up 
too much in my <laughs> casual conversations for me to have never been a huge Ruben Stutter. I cannot. Bring, he comes, comes up too much. I was in another group chat that brought up Ruben Stutter when we were talking about American Idol. Well, we weren't talking about American Idol. We were talking about those competition shows, period. And Ruben Stutter. Mm. Ruben Stutter come up too much in my conversation. <laughs> We gonna watch that Netflix movie again. Wait a minute. Yo, I, just, I think Doyen that's joy bae. in my brain cells dying. You do the same trying to make me watch violent movies, <laughs> but but it's violence with a point. Well, Ruben Stuttered is. <laughs> Where is Ruben? Probably in Alabama. (laughs) Lord have mercy. I I was just like, I would love a Netflix movie with him and um, Theo. (laughs) From Cosby Show? You know they stay on Netflix. Anyways. Oh, Lord. It'd be great. Oh, Lord. There's probably a movie already with them together it probably netflix. is <laughs> knowing netflix uh, yeah maybe uh marcus houston you know just mix it all See. together now he breaks. is the netflix black movie king okay <laughs> if you if you just try to do like those movies on netflix he pops it's up legit. <laughs> He gotta be paying for him. He gotta be paying for the movies. Cause how everybody I hire Marcus Houston to be in that movie. Like that's the name you go to. I'm just saying. He he is a Netflix great. He is. You know, like me and my old coworker, we used to like we would like read a book and we would cast like Hollywood celebrities yeah. and then we would cast like Netflix celebrities. <laughs> Ooh, we should we should try that for the show one episode. <laughs> Just Check casting some of our faves. <laughs> Coldest winner ever. It's a good one. <laughs> oh God! Oh God! Oh, as long as you combine Marcus, how do you say his name? Mark Marquez Houston, Drea mm-hmm. Michelle, Wendy, whatever her last name is. You know what Wendy I'm talking about? Wendy Raquel. What's her name? You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You combine them, you got a hit Netflix movie. Well, Wendy would be her mama. Right. See? <laughs> See? Hit Netflix movie. Uh, <laughs> Hallie would be her mama in Hollywood series. Oh, <laughs> Hallie with the bad anyway. wig or... Because <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> she, you know, she is a brilliant crackhead. <laughs> like, you know. That girl plays a crackhead like none other. And in an interview, she said, like, when she played roles like that, like, she goes days without taking a bath. Like, she really gets into it. Mm. Y'all should sit on his face! <laughs> Anyways. Um, speaking of, before we move on, um, the whole, like, Sesame Street and the opioid <laughs> epidemic. And it's just so funny, because, like, 
if you listen to like white media about it, they're like, oh, it's so great that they're talking about the opioid epidemic. I'm like, but what about the crack epidemic? <laughs> Like, but the opioid epidemic. I just feel like somebody said that to me, and I was like, "Well, y'all know Sesame Street. First of all, they're not on PBS anymore; they're on HBO now. So it's like <laughs> we got this HBO money, and so they can do what they want. They can do what they want, and you know that like Sesame Street is the inclusion queen, okay? And mm. I just. I don't know. Sometimes I just feel like some of the things they do is great. But on the other hand, I don't know. I think if I'm a kid and my parent, <laughs> if I'm a kid and my parent has like some kind of drug issue, or whatever, I'm an escapist. So when I turn to Sesame Street, I don't, I, I, uh-uh. I want to see these Muppets mm-hmm. having fun and dancing and teaching me my numbers. I, I, I want to escape what's going on here in real life but I do understand that that's me that's like everybody yeah. some people like to be seen you know it was interesting because I heard like the soundboard bite and it was like basically she's like my mom is sick and she's trying to get better so she's around other people to talk about it and I'm like mm, okay but yeah I would say wait that's why I watched The Bachelor because I just don't really want to deal with real life issues <laughs> when it comes to TV Um, but we're gonna move along to our someone something so when I first read I guess the headline of this article they're like a Nigerian American artist Kade Wiley unveils new confederate sculpture in New York Times Square and I was like confederate sculpture for what? Right. <laughs> because I was like, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> so, this is the same guy that did the floral portrait of uh, our president, Barack Obama. There's no presidents after him. Um, <laughs> but basically, um, it was kind of a sculpture that mirrored some confederate sculpture there's somewhere else in New York. But it was us. So it's a black man wearing a hoodie, ripped jeans, and locks while mounted on a horse. And he kind of looks behind him just to see, like, what the fuck is going on back there. And so, like, there's a lot of culture and, like, history in the context. And so his big move in art is to bring back the narrative of, you know, black people in everyday history. Mm-hmm. Um that was, you know, previously, you know, omitted. So, um, it's pretty dope. So right now, it's on display near the Broadway Plaza between the 46th and the 47th for all of our New York City listeners. And then they're going to move it to a permanent home at the Virginia Museum of Fine Arts in Richmond in December. So, uh, it's dope that he's out there and he's in a permanent place. Um, yeah, at first I was like, wait, what? But <laughs> when you, like, take a second and, like, click the link and read the context, <laughs> right? it makes more sense. <laughs> I really liked that he, you know, basically put a modern spin on an old concept. And the concept follows a lot of what we've seen 
from confederate statues but he definitely made it more modern and more up to date you know um the young man has dreads he's wearing a hoodie he's got ripped jeans you know i really appreciated that and i appreciated what he was saying is that so often in uh art and literature that depicts our history when i say our meaning americans we blacks Mm -hmm. are left out and so I mm-hmm. like that he made a point of making us apart. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even thinking about, you know, ever since Trayvon, the hoodie is a symbol of, you know, right. instant hoodie, ripped jeans, and locks of us just being us and being taken as something we're not, you know, like violence and things like that. And he was talking about how using equestrian portraiture, mm-hmm. um, there is a fetish, fetishization mm-hmm. of state violence against afflicted against bodies daily, especially art bodies in yep. particular. So it was deep as hell. <laughs> and, um, it was. Yeah. So, uh, there you go, Candy. Uh, continue to do dope shit. So, we're going to move on to our poor life decision. So, this week, we're going to talk about a tough subject. But, um, typically people, when they think about grief, they think about death. And the thing about grief is, it really can be so broad. So, for me in particular, my dad passed October 2016. Also, Hillary lost an election November 2016. So I've been dealing with like two different griefs, you know, at the same time. That's real. To grapple with that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, in other ways that we deal with grief, like, you know, relationships, um, even like friendships, you know, there's just a lot of ways we can deal with grief or we can experience grief. So, this week we're going to talk about ways to learn how to carry your grief so when my dad first passed i don't remember who told me but they were like grief is kind of like a purse like it starts off as a really big purse it's super heavy it's hard to move around with it but as time goes that that grief gets smaller and you can put it into smaller purses and smaller purses and smaller purses to where you know i can walk every day with my grief and it's not as like heavy yeah it's not weighing you down yeah it doesn't affect the way i move around yeah and that's a good analogy it was a really great analogy and even to this day like now i know that like yeah i carry my grief around with me all the time to the point where i'll tell people i'm like oh yeah my dad passed blah 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 blah, and they're like oh i'm so sorry like okay it's fine but you know like i'm still (laughs) want to talk about my dad (laughs) and so you know that's you know, kind of like how I've learned to move with my grief on an everyday basis. So we want to talk about five tips on learning how to carry your grief um, at any point of your grief journey. So the first one is acknowledge that your life will be different. So death leaves a void in your life that's permanent. Again, I don't want to only focus on death because there's so many other ways to grieve. But a lot of times it does leave a void in your life that feels, especially at the minute that it happens, that it's always going to be there with you. Um, 
no matter how much you long for life to be the way it was when your loved one or the yeah. thing that you're missing is here, there's no turning back the hands of time. So right. you just had to realize that like it's just going to be different. Acknowledging that your life will never be the same will help you to begin to see a way to put the pieces that are remaining of your life back together again. And again, aside, I guess because it was two griefs happening at the same time. Even the fact that, like, in my mind, I'm like, Hillary should be president right now. Like, Hillary should be president. We should be doing all this bullshit. <laughs> you know, like, trying to realize that, like, my life is never... It's not going to happen that Hillary's right. president. So I have to move on and figure out how to like cope right. with life without that. The second one, um, and <laughs> me and Chris usually don't have issues with this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let yourself feel all of your emotions. <laughs> yes. You should be prepared that you'll experience a vast array of emotions, anger, fear, irritability, resentment and hopelessness being just a few yeah i think that's important i think like a lot of people try to suppress emotions i had a close Mm -hmm. friend lose um a grandparent and that grandparent was more like a parent to her so Mm -hmm. i definitely could identify and but she's so stoic and she's so and I went to the uh, hospice house when he passed. Like, she called me, and I came, and I said, mm-hmm. you know, basically, y- you can cry. Like, it's okay. Yeah. It's just... And I and I, and I I also know that for some people, you know, it's difficult to be that raw in front of others. And so I was mm-hmm. like, but you got to let yourself feel through this. And mm-hmm. right now, it's just us. Go ahead. Feel whatever you feel. Do whatever you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. You got to feel your way through it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's not very hard for me because <laughs> feelings are how I operate. So, um, but yeah, it was interesting. Again, with my father passing, I have seven or six siblings and we all grieve seven different ways. Yeah. <laughs> so like just seeing how we all feel about emotions was pretty <clears throat> interesting. Yeah. Next one was strengthen your grief muscles. So Ooh. I never thought about this. Yeah, like <laughs> uh, just as we strengthen our physical muscles, we can work on a regular basis on strengthening your grief muscles. Most um, of the time, we are not even aware we are developing the muscles. Every day that you spend without your loved one conditions you to learn how to eventually be able to move forward while carrying your grief. And so, like, that wasn't a thing I ever thought of until like now, like I said, three years later, I'm like, well, I guess my grief muscles are stronger. <laughs> to me, started. this sounds a <laughs> lot like what you just said with the analogy with the parts. To me, that this just sounds like another way of explaining how you learn to handle it better and how you learn to carry it better. Yeah. Uh, no matter how much time passes you, you will always have moments where the grief is too heavy again and overwhelms your grief muscles. And that's the thing about me is, like, I've learned that, like, sometimes I'll just be sitting here and it hits me like a ton of bricks. And I'm like, yeah. mm, it's just time. <laughs> like, it's just time for me to cry about it. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like, I'm not shocked by it anymore. I'm just like, well, you know, it's time to cry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Uh, the next one is time goes on. Do your best to limit the amount of time you spend during the day. Focus on your grief. Um, this is a really hard one. It is hard to believe that we have any control over the amount of time we spend mired in our grief. Um, the writer said that they could look back now and see that she lost or they lost years of their life because they didn't believe that they had any control over their, their thoughts and feelings. This one is scary for me because I can see myself just getting enveloped in it and just living there in it. And, and sometimes yeah, I feel like I try to force myself back into like my initial grief. Because I'm mm-hmm. like, you can't, you can't get over this. You can't like be okay with him being gone, and I don't think that's healthy. <laughs> I think you just had to like, you know, go back and be like, you know, th- this isn't. And a lot of people will tell me that like he doesn't want you to be sad, right? And I have to remind myself that like I can't right. just force myself to stay in one place. He wants me to like grow and continue to be resilient. Right. And then the last one, this is where I netted out um, at his, you know, three-year anniversary was hang on to the love you shared. Uh, Many Mm -hmm. times our default memories about our lost loved one are the painful ones surrounding the loss. You can change that default picture by making a concerted effort to remember the love you shared. And then remember that this love can never be lost. This love will always be yours. And so for me... I realize that, like, I'm very much my father's child. So, <laughs> and it's it's in the weirdest ways. Like, even now, I'm trying to pack, and I am almost a hoarder like my father. <laughs> like, my mom, <laughs> after he passed, like, she was cleaning stuff up. And she's cleaning stuff up from, like, before I was born. <laughs> you know, just stuff that my dad held on to. <laughs> and so now right. I'm like... Well, you know, I try to lean closer to my mom's <coughs> side of the world where I throw away stuff, but it's just like, I am my father's child. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was packing stuff up and I saw like the article in our college um, newspaper from when my line sister passed. And I'm like, how I've kept on to this, I don't know. <laughs> but again, I am my father's child and I don't get rid of shit. <laughs> And even, like, just talking to people, like, we were in, me, my younger sister, and my, you know, your line sister, we are in Portugal, and somebody had a t-shirt that was, like, born in 1980. I was like, are you really born in 1980? And I was like, my dad just came out of my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) It was the cheesiest joke I had ever heard, and I was like, I I can't help it. It's just like... (laughs) Yeah, so, like, I have, like, so many, like, fun stories about the fact that, like, I am my father's child, and I I just, like, literally just tell jokes, and I can't even control myself, and I'm like, this is cheesy, but I still have to let it out of my mouth. Those are the moments that you have to live in. Those are the experiences that you have to remember and enjoy, and remember that he's always with you, or whatever you're grieving, that you can still have that peace with you. Yeah. 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 And so this, like I said, this time around, I really did just celebrate the th- parts of him that are me. So, like, I remember as a kid, 
I used to, he used to listen to NPR all the time. I was like, this is the most boring thing ever. And now all of my siblings are like, hey, can you change the channel? I'm like, no, we're listening to NPR. <laughs> so. Um, and then we have one more article about grief. And this one is called The Four Tasks of Mourning. And it's really helpful for people who are task-oriented people, people who love to-do lists. Like me. <laughs> I'm like, you just tell me what to do. I'll do it. So the first task is accepting the reality of the loss. Um, and once again, it just brings me back to the second loss that I'm dealing with, which is still Hillary losing the election. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, trying to accept it has been hard. Like, I remember I... I bought her book and I was just like, I can't listen to this because it brings me face to face with that loss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, initially they talk about participating in rituals such as planning the funeral, preparing the eulogy, and stuff like that. So, honestly, I probably could stand to, for the thing about Hillary. Just to write down my feelings about the loss. <laughs> and just so that I have it in a concrete place so I can get rid of it. Yeah. Um, the next one is process your grief and pain. Many people have different and often unique ways of dealing with their pain, grief. Some need to talk, some would cry, others keep themselves occupied with work or hobby. Yeah. I think that's important. Or all of it. i think processing it is important um but like the former article mentioned you can't live there and like i said that's scary to me is because i think i would live there you've got to process it you've got to accept it and then you got to move on but for some people it's hard to process it they do things like go right back to work because i got to stay busy Mm -hmm. i need to keep my mind off of it I need to not, but no, sometimes you need to sit with that feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my job, I think, had like a three day bereavement. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I will be back when I feel like it. <laughs> I know that's real. <laughs> um, next up was adjust to the world without your loved one in it. And <clears throat> it's interesting that they call it a task like, you just have to do it anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> to commence on the third task, it requires us to adapt to a novel in frequently much altered world. Importantly, different people would adjust to the new reality in different ways. Um, for some, it can mean removing the loved one's phone number off, which, no, my dad's <laughs> number is still on my phone. Yeah. I, when I read that, I was like, uh, no. No. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like my last sister's number is still at my phone. Like, Probably so. Not. I mean, like, yeah. no. <laughs> but um, I guess figuring out your new reality um, without the loved one or whatever you've lost. So, again, I don't want to make this seem about the loss of a person, but sometimes it's a breakup, you know, like a very long friendship that is no longer there and figuring out how you adjust to that. Um. And then the last one was find a way to maintain a connection to the person who died while embarking on your own life. And mm-hmm. so that's where I go back to 
realizing parts of me that are definitely from him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, <clears throat> with that, like maintaining a connection. So, um, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this on the show before, but of course, as you can already guess, my granny raised me and my great grandmother, mm-hmm. her mother lived right next door. So I grew up between those two houses. So I was mm-hmm. a lot closer to my great grandmother than a lot of people probably are. And when she passed mm-hmm. away, I took it really hard. I was an adult. I was grown and working and everything, but I took it really hard. I have mm-hmm. a plant from a piece, just a regular piece, Lily from her funeral. And for me, that plant is her and I take care of her. Mm-hmm. Her name is Sasha. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes when things like really amazing happen to me, I tell her, and it makes me feel like I'm still connected. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it may be weird, but taking care of that plant makes me feel like I'm taking care of our relationship and I'm still taking care of her. So, yeah, I, I, I like... I like that one. That that task, I felt like, okay, this is one I can do. Because some of these other tasks, I'm like, ooh. <laughs> woo! <laughs> yeah. And even, like, physically, I remember, you know, when he passed, we all kind of took our little things. I have this game that we used to play. And, um, yeah, so I have that. I tried to get his mug because I was like, I, you know, made him tea so many times because <laughs> he would ask me to. But you, again, my sister, your line sister was like, I made him tea before you. And so we had like an agreement to like share custody and I haven't seen the mug since. <laughs> <laughs> it's in safe hands though. It's in safe hands. <laughs> I'm like joint custody. I'm gonna go visit her. I'm gonna take the mug. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta, you gotta do those mandatory visits. (laughs) But um, yeah, it's a it it's a lot of yeah. So I think it's very helpful to maintain that connection in that way. I don't have a suggestion when it comes to like other things or grieving, like yeah. Friendships or the yeah. election. Like, I don't want to maintain any connection to Hillary. Like, stop emailing me. I don't care. <laughs> don't talk to me about any more political things. <laughs> but, you know, there's different ways we all work through it. Um, um, one thing and- I wanted to point out before you finish, just, and the article doesn't say this. <laughs> This is just Chris talking. (laughs) But he does say that he's kind of piggybacking off of the five stages of grief. And so Mm -hmm. just keep in mind that as you may work through these tasks, that those stages and these tasks are cycles. And so Mm -hmm. you may complete task one and then task two, but then you may end up going right back to task one. These are cycles. They don't always go check 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 done and so don't feel like you know something's wrong with you because you can't move through these steps that supposed experts have said should help you move through that these are actually cycles and you may cycle through all four all four of these stages of dealing with grief a morning and then cycle through again like it yeah it's just a cycle it is is definitely not logical. So I could go from 
it's denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. So I could go from denial to acceptance, go back to anger, right. then depression. Right. <laughs> right. It's right. Like, it, it's <laughs> not right. any kind of linear at all. So right. um, at the end of the day, it's just what's what works for you. And yeah. So at the end of the day, they say, let's be patient and giving towards people who are grieving in their own way. But I will also say, be patient and giving towards yourself. Because yes. there yes. are times when you will get frustrated at yourself in the process. And, you know, it helps to give yourself love. Dorian! I, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think you did a really good job of handling the topic. I think I did a really good job of not falling apart with you handling the topic. Because at <laughs> first I was like, ee, I was on edge. And then I was so proud of you that then I was about <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, so I had a little wine before the show, okay? <laughs> so... <laughs> That's the worst thing to have. Oh, but yay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I overall like I think my biggest thing is that like and somebody told me like, you know, God is not gonna use your tears in vain. So I because I've been through this process, I also want to help others in the process. So if you ever, you know, if you ever go through a situation you wanna talk to me, just hit me up. I'm always here to talk. Yes. So we're gonna move along to our favorite part of the pot to buy you a drink <laughs> what <laughs> I was I was ready but I was hovering over the wrong hotkey <laughs> oh so I was God. like to play I was about to play the wrong sound anyway you want to go first want me to go first Either yes. way, doesn't matter. I would like to buy a drink for the indigenous people um, yes. We're recording this today on Indigenous People's Day. I know everybody has their thing where they're like, the only Christopher we're acknowledging is Wallace. But I really want us to baby, acknowledge baby. The Indigenous people. Yes. I want us to acknowledge the Indigenous yes. people because that's what, at the end of the day, this is about. Yes. So. Yay! Um, <clears throat> I am buying a drink. More specifically, a mug of hot cocoa with a little Kahlua added for my granny for turning 80. <laughs> that is our Christmas Eve drink. So Aww. every Christmas Eve we have, we've been doing that since I was an undergrad. And um, like, yeah. So that's our Christmas Eve drink. So that's to my granny for turning 80 and for still being like full of life and vivacious and she just told me the other day to leave her alone and let her live her own life. So, <laughs> because I wanted to get her one of those because she's had a couple of falls like in the recent um, uh, past and I wanted to get her one of those <laughs> life alert. I fall and I can't get up. <laughs> which, See? which she was totally fine with getting one. She's like, okay, but the one that I want to get her has a GPS on it. And she lost it. 
she's like, you're trying to keep <laughs> up with me. You're trying to know where I'm going. I'm like, but this is in case something happens when you're in the car and it will automatically call me and then I can call the right people and everything is fine. She's like, no, no, you're not going to try to keep up with where I'm going. <laughs> she ain't going nowhere but the church, lady. Like, stop. She, she got to go visit her little friend. Don't listen. <laughs> Friend, my ass. You better be going to that church. <laughs> back to the house. She's going to go see the deacon. <laughs> and I'll be, like, be like, uh-uh. That's way off her route. Where's she going? <laughs> I told her, okay, and y'all may find it unethical or whatever, but I'm still going to get the one with the GPS because right. I need to fucking know where you at and what's the fuck going on. <laughs> End of story. <laughs> So honestly, <laughs> when I moved here, I was like, maybe I should get a life alert because I live by myself and I'm diabetic. And I'm like, it's something happened. Listen, every time, <laughs> listen, I have, I have fallen in the shower. I have, <laughs> I've, 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 I strangle easily. I've gotten strangled <laughs> one time, and afterwards, I literally like. Like, I had an existential experience because it was like, I made the wrong choices in life. I should have married Please. that boy. I should have married that boy when he asked me to marry him. He ain't shit. He would have been cheating on me. But at least I wouldn't have been living here alone and been dead. And it would have been weeks before someone found me. Well, first of all, you got to explain to people what you call strangling. Because the first time you said to me, I was like, oh, is she a freak? <laughs> <laughs> What I call strangling is what a lot of people call choking. But if you can make a sound, you are not choking. Okay, so that's po- so if you can cough, if you hear a wheeze, if you can do any of that, you are not choking. But I panic and and then I have to tell myself, "Calm down. You you're coughing, so it's okay." Or like I may be wheezing, and I'm like, "You're wheezing. It is okay. Calm mm-hmm. down. Breathe." But yeah, what most people call choking, or some people call, you know, they food went down the wrong pipe. I've heard people say that too. <laughs> I call strangling. Doyen, mine is in the gutter. As per usual. <laughs> I, no. I just call it like, I, I remember one time I was choking up whiskey, and I was like, whiskey, I love you. Like, <laughs> everything choking (laughs) (laughs) I just caught strangling for other things (laughs) (laughs) let me tell you something if a nigga choke me and the dick ain't good I'm getting mad as fuck do you hear me don't put your hands around my neck with this weak ass stroke game don't do that (laughs) don't do that don't do that (laughs) I'm gonna be mad I'm gonna hit you back try to make y'all laugh but we also try to inform you so remember that all of our uh, pld articles will always be attached to the show um they'll be in the show notes so that you all can 
you know, grow with us. We want to grow with you. Doyen, tell people how they can talk to us. We are on the Twitter as PLD Pod. Um, Chris keeps it lit with the TV show tweets. And I just I try. come in and say some random shit. <laughs> <laughs> we're on Instagram as Poor Life Decision. One decision because we're changing them one at a time. Um, we are on Etsy as Poor Life Decision as well. And email us at hello at poorlifedecision.com so we can talk about, you know, other poor life decisions. Or just tell us about who you want to buy a drink for. Yeah. We'd be excited to share as well. Yeah. That's great. Um, so any closing announcements or anything? Oh, I think we're on Pandora now. <laughs> ow, 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 ow. I don't even know that. <laughs> for... For the four friends that still use Pandora. <laughs> no, listen. I just recently got back into Pandora because mm-hmm. it is the best place for 90s gospel music. Okay? <laughs> it is the best now place I have to go 90s. listen. <laughs> Girl, I was... So, my earbuds at work died and I bought, an, I bought a new pair, but in between me buying a new pair, I was like, okay, I got to find something to listen to that's acceptable because normally mm-hmm. I listen to other pods or I listen to rap me I listen to stuff with a lot of cussing so mm-hmm. I, I turned on my 90s gospel music and y'all I called a shout about three four times that day at work like right and I was productive yes, yes 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 I'm just telling y'all I'm just telling y'all I'm get telling into some 90s you're a god gospel. alone you're a Hezekiah god Walker just... The, the I just be early like, Kirk Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all get it? To be laid out. <laughs> that melodies from heaven came on. I jumped up at my desk. <laughs> See, my problem with like as a choir person with Kirk Franklin's, I can't ever pick the alto part from the tenor part. <laughs> I'd be like, I don't know whose part I'm singing. I'm gonna sing it, but I'm pretty sure it's the tenor. Um, that's like uh, me and Ty Tribbett. Like Ty Tribbett's a great. But he's so hard to see as a choir person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, mm, okay. But no. So, yeah. Um, well, other I'm than that. I'm going to check it out, though. Yeah. Y'all check out <laughs> Pandora. Pand- what Pandora, give us some money because this is free advertising. Check out Pandora. <laughs> 90s, 90s gospel. Y'all be sure mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, drink plenty of water. It is getting mm-hmm. cool. Still use your sunscreen. Still important. You want that skin to look good? Use that sunscreen. Vitamin C. Vitamin C. And a little vitamin D. I'm not doing this with you. (laughs) I'm just not. All right. Well, I guess that's all. (laughs) I'm just saying that if y'all try to get vitamin D, you're going to be big pregnant in the summer. And then you're not going to like it. Then you're going to be mad at us. Um, <laughs> prote- coated vitamin D. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. We love y'all. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Miss Pearly don't need no army, bitch. I ain't got no love for these niggas. I ain't Bernie, bitch. Embarrass a bitch on stage. I'm on Samari shit. Any bitch in my way, you gon' be sorry, bitch. I wish I would let one of you hoes try me. I'll be back in khakis, blue shoes, walking through R&D. How y'all gon' in city girls when y'all ain't half of me? Don't play with your Miami hoe. That's the other half of me. 